In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Happy New Year, everyone. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we're kicking off 2016 with Ryan Corey. Ryan has been working in digital marketing since 2003. As a quote-unquote side project, he started the website allaroundthehome.com, which was acquired for six figures in 2008. Ryan recently co-founded Cybrary, which now has 250,000 users and recently went through a round of seed funding in August 2004. 15. Welcome, Ryan. How are you today? I'm great, John. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show, Ryan. Perfect way to kick off the new year. Tell us about yourself, Cybrary, its mission, and your career journey. Sure. So to expand a little bit on uh, on what you you mentioned about me, I um, I went to Elon University, which is in North Carolina. I graduated in 2002 with a uh, with a marketing concentration, of course, uh, business administration degree. And um, I knew that I wanted to get into marketing of some sort. But at the time, in, in 2002, I, I thought that sales was my career path. So, uh, I mean, I was the kind of kid who was selling lemonade and uh, toys and, and things like that, um, you know, when I was growing up. So The classic um, starter, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, entrepreneurial from the start there. So, um, so got out of uh, of Elon and went into B two B sales for a Fortune five hundred company and did did okay, um, but didn't love it. Definitely did not love it, and um, just found myself starting to wake up every day going, "Ugh, gotta go to work." That yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and so that that uh, that taught me a lesson for sure. So um, was fortunate enough to be recruited by a partner organization when I was working that job. Um, who needed somebody to come in and run marketing and sales for them. So it was a small company. It was, it was a really small company, about $200,000 a year company. And, um, and so you know, I had a marketing degree and, and some sales experience, so they thought I was a good fit. Um, so went there and dug deep into search engine optimization initially, which was, of course, a very baby industry in 2003. Um, so dug deep into SEO and started to just realize excellent growth year over year. And so the company, you know, on practically no marketing budget, the company was growing because of these efforts uh, between 20 and 30 percent every single year um, and actually still is to this day. Um, so that, that organization that I worked for was in IT and cybersecurity training. Um, which kind of led me to where I am now. But uh, so when I was there, I worked my way up to VP of marketing and was overseeing the sales uh, director and then organizational strategy, the marketing team, and so on. I did start a side project, as you mentioned, allaroundthehome.com in January of 2006. And then that was acquired by a major uh, international customer acquisition firm in June of 2008. And that was really all SEO driven. My time uh, at Train Ace, the company I worked for for all those years, was digital marketing. So it, it spread out from SEO, went into dug deep into social media, obviously content marketing, top of the funnel type stuff, all the way down to the bottom of the tunnel, engagement and so on. So then uh, after that, I broke away and started working on Cybrary in October, October or November of 2014, and um, was secretly building that to a launch point of January 13th. So we, it's, it's an it's a online uh, cybersecurity training company. So we had to build out a bunch of kind of classes that we thought were just core or necessary for launch. And that was a list of about 15 courses. 
during that time, or prior to Cyberary, I, I started a, a Master's of Science in International Marketing Management degree program from Boston University, but uh, dropped out of that after working on Cyberary for a little bit because I realized that I was missing some things and not focused enough on what, what I believed to be the better opportunity at the time. Of course, you can always go back to school, but you can't always go back to a failed business. Yeah, especially. Absolutely. Well, I think, Ryan, that's the sign of a successful entrepreneur is that if you have to stop mid-degree or three-fourths of the degree because your business interests are really kind of pulling you towards more important priorities. So that's fantastic. Tell us a little more about Cyberary, especially for our listeners who may not be familiar with this particular area. What is its mission and uh, what inspired you to start it? Sure. So Cyberary is a free cybersecurity training platform. We are already the largest cybersecurity community on the internet um, just since launching on January 13th. Um, as you mentioned, it's over 250,000 users. By the time this airs, it'll probably be well beyond that too because we're growing at um, about 1,500 users per day or so. Um, so we make these classes for free. We deliver them online for free and we monetize in other ways. What was the the inspiration? What was the spark for you that led you to say, "Hey, I really want to start this." What did you recognize as the the need, the market need out there? Well, the industry itself was a very messed up industry. Cybersecurity training, as is the industry I'm referring to, it's a messed up industry from the fact that um, there are over one million jobs globally that are literally unfilled. These are jobs that people could be working if they had this skill set and talent to fill those positions. So the industry became messed up and people don't have the resources that they need to learn you know, in-depth cybersecurity skills because it's always been a very high-priced industry. Mm. And so in my career in selling and marketing IT and cybersecurity training classes, I can't tell you how many conversations I had, John, where I would sit across the table from somebody who wanted to take a class. Um, like, look, I'm, I'm an entry-level cybersecurity analyst. I really need to get into malware analysis. How much is your malware analysis course? Well, it's $3,500 or it's five grand. Um, and they, they didn't have it, and if their organization wasn't going to be paying for it, then they weren't going to take it, and they weren't going to improve in that skill set in that year. And you could take a class you know, for $3,000, $5,000 a week if you had that kind of money, but then you're also jeopardizing or you're also kind of rolling the dice because you know, a malware analysis class right now is, not, is at least 50 to 75% different malware analysis class in a year hmm. uh, or 18 months later. So. That was the problem with the industry, and it's been causing this big skills gap. I mean, here in the United States alone, there are 210,000 unfilled jobs in cybersecurity. Wow. Um, and you know how quickly the industry is, is, is moving, right? I mean, you Absolutely. hear about you know, the hacks and everything that, that go on all the time. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's what the inspiration was behind it. That's fantastic. I love a couple of knowledge bursts that you've just shared. Just first of all, taking together all of the different skills that you have acquired over the years, B2B, sales, marketing, but more importantly, just recognizing and that I always think of that Wayne Gretzky quote, play to where the hockey puck is going to be. And you recognize this growing need, cybersecurity. You hear it all the time. You see it in the news all the time. It is one of the big buzzwords, and we're certainly hearing it in, in the uh, election cycle campaign. So uh, just recognizing that there's a need out there and creating a solution. And that's really what it's all about. You recognize what the market needs, you create the solution. And you've done that with Cyberary. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well, Ryan, I'm really, really excited to dig a little deeper. So I'm going to ask you, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? 
Well, I am one of these instantly up with the alarm kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) So I am not a snooze button pusher. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't sleep all that well because I'm usually so darn excited about the things that I can accomplish in the in the day coming. I'm just motivated to to move the needle, and as you know now with what I do, I really really enjoy what I'm working on. So um, so yeah, just uh, excitement pulls me up in the morning. But a lot of that starts really with just um, my upbringing. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandfather growing up, and and he was just a very hardworking. Um, Italian immigrant, re- results-driven person who was very successful, essentially through nothing but hard work. So I learned a lot. I learned a work ethic from him, and uh, and then actually on the other side of that, my my home life with my parents was was quite a bit different than than him. Um, it was a struggle from a financial perspective for the, pretty much the in, entire upbringing. I obviously was kind of shielded from having to to feel the financial strain in the family, but. Um, but I felt it nonetheless, and uh, it, it, you know, it was just something that lit a fire underneath me, and I, and I, you know, I knew when it was time to basically go to college. It was like I want to go to college, you know, I'm going to work really hard, and I'm gonna, I'm basically not going to live my life like that. I just it was a mindset that I had, and um, you know, my siblings actually didn't really turn out the same way. They didn't have that that same, and I, and I was the oldest, but um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just interesting. I guess I caught the bug for some reason. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that, that you were inspired by your grandfather, the work ethic, and combined with that, the excitement and the passion that you have for what you do. It sounds like you have no problem getting inspired each morning. And it sounds like it actually is just something that is continuous. It's not just the first part of the day. It's, it's a 24-7 thing for you. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Ryan, I know part of the entrepreneurial journey is about setbacks and failures. So for our listeners, can you share a time when you failed and share in particular a lesson you learned about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course? Absolutely. I have a good one for you, actually, John. <laughs> I'm excited. So, um, so I told you, told you about all around the home and the success that I had with that, you know, earlier in my career and, and doing that and having a lot of other experiences, both trial and error and failure and success and so on in digital marketing, I kind of felt a little bit invincible when it came to online ideas, let's put it that way. So a couple of years after allaroundthehome.com, I started a company called Sales Rep Marketing. And it, it was a neat idea. The idea was to basically build a sales rep, you know, who's in a B2B sales role, a sales rep's thought leadership um, and then ultimately drive leads to that sales rep's individual online properties. So we would uh, we would start a website for them. We would market them on social media, and uh, and we would we would actually produce content that was you know relatively thought leadership content in their in their specific field. And the goal there was to drive leads for them. I thought it was a pretty neat idea, but I found out that that literally is all it was. It was just a neat idea. You know, my whole career had been built around customer acquisition, and so I knew what customer acquisition should look like, and 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 I was doing all of the right things to acquire customers. It was, you know, I mean, I was working on SEO. I learned a lesson about that too. But uh, in this particular case, and, and you know, doing a lot of social media, getting getting uh, thought leaders in the sales field to talk about me and, and guest post on their websites and and tweet about me and so on. And it had absolutely no traction whatsoever. Mm. And so it only took probably about like six months, maybe a little less, four to six months after the launch of that website 
to realize that there wasn't any traction and it was just an idea that I had because the way I saw the world through marketing's goggles, you know, the, 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 the buyers weren't there. And it was, you know, I quickly, quickly shut that thing down and stopped wasting my time on it. But, um, but you know, it was, it was neat to learn. Uh, I learned a few things from that. You know, first of all, I went back to school and that was when the Boston University thing started. Uh, right after that, I realized that I had a lot to learn. I think my marketing goggles had made me probably perceive my my own abilities a little bit higher than what they were. So I wanted to kind of postmortem that situation, and so I dug deep into postmorteming the startup and why it why it failed. And you know, some of the takeaways there just from the postmortem was product life cycle. First of all, um, you know, I was starting a company that no one knew about. It was almost like I was introducing an iPod. Um, but I was one person doing that and I wasn't, you know, funded to any extent. I was going to bootstrap the whole thing and so on. And it's in the, you know, that, that would have obviously been in an introductory, in the introductory phase of the product life cycle where you need to educate a market. And, and in order to do that, that often is very costly. There's a lot of marketing and, and just a lot of talking and evangelizing and so on, uh, advertising about your product in order for you to get any traction. So, so I, I, I start, you know, I was using, let's say SEO on something that people weren't searching for, right? And so that that was a piece of it. I also learned about customer development. You know, John, if I had sat down and talked to a handful of sales reps, they probably, you know, the majority would have told me, sure, it's a great idea, but I wouldn't pay for it. And I actually had the opportunity to speak with a few after the fact. But, you know, I didn't talk to one prior to, to developing that company. I just went ahead and did it. And so, you know, customer development, uh, just make sure you know that your target market's going to pay you for it. And then, you know, I felt like, you know, timing factors afterwards just weren't there. And I think timing is super important for a startup. You know, if you relate it to like Cybrary, you know, the, the industry is mature. It's a cybersecurity training. People are accustomed to getting their cybersecurity training online already because they're paying other companies for it. So it was just kind of a disruptive business model, you know. So that those were some of the things that I you know, that I took away for now, sure. You mentioned something, a phrase that I think is really important in looking at setbacks and failures, and that's the postmortem. What can you really dissect from that? What can you take away from that and apply in your next venture? And it sounds like you've really been able to do that in starting up Cybrary is that you've been able to take some of the lessons that you learn from looking at the sales rep business and then tweaking it and understanding your market. I think that's so critical in delivering a product and a service that fulfills a market need. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing that, Ryan. Sure. Yep. All right. Moving forward, listeners, we're going to do something new this year. And in this part of the podcast, we're going to move into what I call the knowledge burst session, where our guests are going to share three game-changing resources and tips that you can start using today to move forward. Okay, so Ryan, pick one, a favorite movie, book, song, or cultural experience, and why it was so influential for you. I know that this is going to sound a little bit funny. Um, Go but for it. I love the it, funny ones. <laughs> in this case, it's, it's a book called Marketing Research, an, an applied orientation. So it was for my time studies at Boston University um, in, in the marketing program there. And, you know, marketing research in that book taught me the value of diversity, mm. which is absolutely critical in any successful organization. And Lots of times it's critical in all of the tactics that you're implementing 
to roll out your strategy. So um, marketing research taught me the value of diversity because you want to do things like eliminate bias and groupthink and things like that. So uh, that, that, that would be my answer. That's a key takeaway. Well, that's a great one. Ryan, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. Well, I'm definitely a to-do list type of person. So I, I'll start the morning off by writing down the three most important things that I need to accomplish in that day. And then from a general perspective, I, I'm really good at focusing on priorities, constantly evaluating my priorities and the priorities of my organization and that the and the attention and resources that each is getting. So I'm constantly reevaluating, you know, who's getting what resources and then setting goals for those uh, priorities as as they are created. And honestly, I'm not afraid to tell people no. I, I very frequently tell mm, people no. That's if somebody, a huge one. That's it a big is. one. It is, absolutely. And a lot of people have a very difficult time with it. I've seen it. I work with um, a lot of cybersecurity instructors who are, you know, they're uh, 1099 contractors in most cases, and they will overbook themselves all the time. And that leads to a lot of cancellations that they have to make and, and disappointed people. So I'm not afraid to tell people no. If it's not on my priority list and it's not in the company's priority list, uh, it's not getting resources. And I'm sorry. I love that. Just guide yourself with the priority list. Ryan, favorite app, website, or resource, and how it has helped you? In all honesty, I am quite the podcast um, consumer. Yes. <laughs> so I, I honestly, and this may sound nuts, but I do drive a lot. Um, and so I probably consume two to three podcasts per day. That's awesome. So I have listened to most of the Moving Forward, of course. Um, yes. But some of the others, like Tim Ferriss' podcast, Startup Grind, Entrepreneurial Thought Leaders, Mixer G, Jason Calacanis' show. Um, so I, it's often focused around startups. And then with cybersecurity, I like breaking down security, SciDef. So those are my industries, you know, startup and, and cybersecurity. I so love that's, it. I love that's it. where it, I go. I, I think of it as just education on the go. It's the commute buster, yep. right? You know, yep. you just stream it right into your car. And I just, I really think that podcasts are a huge game changer. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those. So those are fantastic. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Ryan, what is the one thing Moving Forward listeners can start doing to bring them closer to their career or life's passion? Sure. So I mentioned... Um, about Cyberary, how I used to sit across the table from people who couldn't afford a class and so they couldn't afford to dig into a topic that they wanted to learn about. But sort of conversely to that, I would sit across the table from people who who wanted to try a, a career change into IT or cybersecurity, could come up with or scrape up with in some cases the money to do that and then they would spend the money to take take the class, an expensive class, and then fail because after the fact they realized that it was not for them. So the things that are different now about this world is that there's an abundance of resources that are mm. completely free. And obviously podcasts are one of them. But, you know, Google will lead you to a billion places where you can go and you can learn about any field at all. And so, you know, I would say just dig really deep if you're considering a, a career change or, you know, pursuing a passion dig really darn deep into that field with the free resources. Get as deep as you possibly can and know for a fact that you love it and that you're good at it 
for that matter, before you dedicate the, the full-blown resources. I love it. I, and you've named a resource that I, I use daily, you know, hourly Google, and just starting with those free resources. And that's the big game changer, in my opinion, that is that there's so much free content out there to get mm-hmm. you started. It's just a matter of really, like you said, finding something that you will absolutely love that will get you excited the way cybersecurity gets you excited, something that you're going to think about 24-7 so that you're not getting enough sleep because you're just overexcited. And absolutely. Getting started is just is it's part of the day. It's just part of your routine. I love it. Absolutely love it. Ryan, what is next for you? Well, we're uh, not even a year into Cyberary. So as of right now, I have a company to run, a team to build, revenue growth to build, engagement to drive, further engagement because we're an online platform, online community, and uh, and a target on Series A readiness. Awesome. So that's what I'm working on. Fantastic. And moving forward, listeners, we'll have all the information posted on Ryan and Cybrary on our website, so you can check that out. Ryan, how can our listeners connect with you? Well, they can check out Cybrary at cybrary.it or just Google Cybrary, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. But me personally, I am, uh, I'm always looking at my LinkedIn and my Twitter accounts, so I'm Ryan J. Corey on both of those. Awesome. We'll have all of that posted on our website. Ryan, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your journey with our listeners and your knowledge burst so our listeners can move forward in their lives and their careers. Thank you so much. It was a blast, John. I appreciate it. And listeners, for more information on Ryan and all of our extraordinary Moving Forward guests, visit us at bemovingforward.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.